Hi, this is Brian Albright, Editorial Director at Digital Engineering. Uh, thank you for joining us for the DE 24-7 podcast. Today, as part of our annual technology leadership series, I'm joined by Matt Cedarberg, CEO of Coreform. Welcome to the program, Matt. Thanks, Brian. Well, uh, today I wanted to ask you some questions uh, about Coreform's products and some of the problems they solve. Um, but first, could you please maybe explain some of the challenges that you see that are presented by data interchange between some traditional simulation tools and CAD plat platforms? Yeah, absolutely. So most of the people that that we talk with at Coreform are those that are experiencing challenges with data inter interchange. If you're just doing simple simulations like linear static, I think that's a solved problem. There's there's a number of solutions out there where you can just automatically tap mesh behind the scenes and and create a simulation and with really no issues. But as you get into more complicated physics or more complicated geometry, then data interchange sometimes severely limits the both the quality of the simulation that you can run, the number of iterations you can run, the ability to, your ability to optimize designs. Um, and that's for a few reasons. I mean, one is just um, the, the the fact that CAD and simulation historically have been based on two completely different math definitions. So, so CAD, um, when it was started 50, 70 years ago, was based on uh, NURBS and boundary representations, um, smooth splines, mm. and... Uh, the then simulation was built on the ground or faceted elements. And so they just necessitated data translation to convert from one mathematical representation to another. And, and that um, anytime you're translating data, you can lose fidelity. Um, usually you need to reduce um, defeature models, clean up CAD models in order to get a well-behaved simulation mesh. Go ahead. Oh, and 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 this is just even exacerbated more with with trends like three D printing, where there's all these new, more exotic geometries, new mathematical definitions like implicit uh, CAD, and so this just as as advanced manufacturing techniques continue to evolve, um, the limitations of traditional finite element analysis are just becoming more and more pronounced as areas where people are, are more interested in running simulations. They're actually less able to leverage the traditional tools that have been made. Well, that's something else I guess I sort of wanted to ask about is we see a lot of non-traditional simulation users emerging in some of these workflows where you know, there are folks who are using some of these tools that wouldn't have maybe in the past uh, because of the way simulation is sort of working its way further and further into earlier stages of the, of the design process, is that you know a sort of affecting this greater need for that type of interchange? I, I think that's one of the pressures is the the desire for simulation to lead towards actually analyzing and then optimizing the design. Uh, too often in the past, and even even still to a large extent today, when you're running a very technically advanced. Um, simulation on on difficult physics, if it's large scale like automotive crash or, or contact simulations, it takes so long to set up and prepare the model and then run it that by the time the simulation has been run, there, there's 
there's no longer enough time to make any optimizations and do anything with what you've learned from the simulation. And so it's more of a pass fail. Um, and so, yeah, the inability to have, have rapid, um, tightly integrated simulation tools at any stage of the design process is, um, is something that's that yeah, negatively impacts product speed to market and the development of optimal products. Now, one uh, potential solution, and one I know that, that CoreForm is deeply involved in, is uh, ISO geometric analysis. Can you sort of explain for the listeners who may not be familiar, you know, what that is and how that works? Yeah, so it's, so it's a fairly technical term, but what what it means is just that there's one geometry definition used for both CAD and for simulation. It's really, I mean, if you were to explain to your child like how how things should work, it's kind of the obvious thing that if you spend a lot of time to create a CAD model, and that that precise CAD model is used for manufacturing, you'd think that you'd use that same precise definition to predict how the manufactured model will behave. Um, and so this is a field, isogeometric analysis, that's really really began in two thousand five with some work published by Dr. Tom Hughes. And since then, there's been over 4,000 papers published at just this tantalizing thought that, that maybe there doesn't have to be two separate worlds of simulation and CAD. Maybe simulation could run directly on the CAD model. And so that is the software that CoreForm is developing with our CoreForm IGA solver. Um, and uh, our, our approach is unique in that we can um, allow all sorts of of spline definitions and and levels of um, pl placing the burden on the computer or the the user to prepare um, the model for simulation. And so, as you were mentioning earlier, that there's a lot of demand for upfront simulation by design engineers, and, and there will, there will always remain a lot of need for simulation by PhD analysts. This isogeometric analysis paradigm is flexible enough that you can do fully automated simulations for upfront, or um, layer on additional kind of fidelity for high quali higher quality simulations later on without needing to create um, a separate model. Uh, yeah, since you mentioned the CoreForm IGA, can you talk a little bit about how the product leverages you know that analysis? And maybe sort of walk through how engineers uh, listening might apply this that in their workflows, what that might yeah. look like. Yeah. So the way we leverage it is that we use higher order smooth splines to computer simulations. That's the same uh, basis that uh, is used in CAD. Um, and we, as I mentioned earlier, we have a full spectrum of of allowing users to just. Um, automatically immerse the CAD model in, in this, this uh, smooth spline, like in a bounding box, or we can create body fix hex meshes and, and create a smooth spline from that that conform to the CAD or, or anything in between uh, with what we call flex IGA, where we can have parts of the model that are completely immersed. I mean, you can think of like a tire simulation where the can have a, a bounding um, kind of tire shape, and then you can explore any sort of any any amount of tire uh, tread pattern designs inside of that without needing to create a conformal mesh for each of the tire tread patterns. Um, but the way the yeah Coreform Cube Coreform IG is leveraged today, we have a preprocessor called Coreform Cubit, 
that uh, is some of the best hex meshing um, software available. And you can create input decks directly in that software. Um, so we've made some great advances over the last few years. We're now also developing uh, a browser-based interface for Coreform IGA that, that where, where the meshing is not visible to the user, mm-hmm. that's more accessible for designers. Um, and we were, we're just excited about this way, ability to bring simulation uh, more to the forefront and, and make this really high quality isogeometric analysis um, accessible to a, a large number of engineers. What, uh, you know, for engineers that, that are going to do this, what are some of the key benefits to using this type of product uh, that, you know, you're, that you're seeing as you are, you know, in the product development process and that the end users can see? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the traditional benefits that anyone using simulation um, will generally achieve to some extent or another. I mean, the reduced time to market, um, the higher higher level of quality, um, of products, the greater greater confidence that you could reduce the, the number of physical prototypes. I think where IGA really stands apart, though, is I, I was amazed when I came into this field how um, how limited the frontier is of what types of simulations can actually be run. Um, like areas where that is especially pronounced is in new manufacturing techniques, where with like for instance with three D printing, um, is that is starting to become there's more interest in having it go mainstream for mission critical parts. The issue is that you can't run a highly accurate stress simulation on any 3D printed part of of complexity. And so that means that you're resorting to uh, physical testing, which is not scalable and difficult to optimize designs like that. But with isogeometric analysis, the need to not create um, that that detailed mesh, but to be able to use the design data directly as the representation for simulation means that you can simulate very intricate 3D printed parts. Um, or basically, any anything where there's yeah geometric complexity. So tires is another interesting area where there's a lot of interest in creating airless tires, but that leads to um, the need to create a much more complex geometry to support the uh, the structure of the tire while also allowing for enough air to flow through to cool it. And that, again, will tax what traditional FEA tools can do. With isogeometric analysis, again, there's no limit to the complexity that you can add to the data that will be simulated in IGA. Uh, it's sort of a follow-up. How else has the emergence of these alternative manufacturing technologies like 3D printing and and even the way 3D printing has sort of affected some of the other uh, manufacturing environments, you know, how how it's being used to uh, work in conjunction with molding and and machining in some cases. Um, How how else has that sort of affected the environment that uh, your customers are in that sort of make this tool more appealing? Well, I think what what that does is that it, um, like the days of being able to just have a simulation tool that only accepts a very nicely behaved like type of data, whether it's a hex mesh or a tet mesh, and it has to be um, precisely created specifically for simulation are are over. 
I mean, beyond the new geometry definitions for 3D printing, there's been an explosion in the amount of scan data um, that is now a part of the, of the um, design process. And you see the CAD kernels now are creating these hybrid kernels where they can accept um, smooth boundary representation data, analytical geometry, scan data. But the simulation kernels have not kept up with that and still require um, a very specific type of element. So with, with ICG metric analysis, our solver is broad enough that we can accept scan data directly. We can accept um, CAD, traditional CAD data and plus a CAD. And so it really just mirrors where, where CAD already is and, and it brings uh, the simulation world to a point where, where simulation is not the separate thing done in a, in a completely um, siloed area, but that it can be deployed throughout the entire CAD uh, development process. I like that you characterize the the data as being well behaved. <laughs> I guess the alternative would be a bit of naughty data coming in from right. Yeah, you want that. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Matt, uh, and thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time on the DE twenty four seven podcast.